So hi and welcome to The Expert Edge. Today we have got something special. One of our students, Emma Luzzi, who is an incredible consultant and speaker, recently started to run webinars. And what I love to do is I love to feature people's journey because not everyone starts out, you know, doing $100,000 on a webinar. It starts out small. And do you know what's really cool is what you're going to hear is Emma's journey to her first five-figure webinar. Maybe you've just started with webinars or you've never ran one before. What you're going to hear is Emma's journey to refining her offer and refining her methodology to run her first five-figure webinar. So that is she made more than $10,000 in an hour webinar. And I know she's got much bigger goals than that in 2021. And I think it's going to be amazing. Uh, But I wanted to share with you this journey because I think it's really encouraging and helpful. Now, if you are really serious about mastering webinars because I know that in 2021, they are going to be so key to you growing your business and getting your message out there. I'm running actually a free class really soon and it's coming up. It's going to be a live training and it's called the five secrets to selling on webinar. And so, you're going to be able to apply this to any sort of virtual stage that you've got. I'm running a live class. Now, this is the goal of it is I'm going to share with you how to use your signature story in your webinars so that you sell with your story without even selling. I'm going to share with you the number one mistake that people are making right now on the start of their webinars that I think costs them big times in terms of clients. I'm going to share with you why selling at the end of your presentation is one of the worst things you can do to enroll clients and what to do instead. And really the goal of it is for you to leave feeling confident, clear and ready to deliver your next virtual or live or whatever presentation that you have in a way that connects with your audience and moves them to join your program. So, to sign up for that, it's totally free. Just go to colinboyd.co forward slash class. The link is in the show notes, but you can just go to colinboyd, C-O-L-I-N-B-O-Y-D dot co forward slash class. And you can sign up for that live class there. It's going to be the last live class that I run in 2020. And so, I really want to help you to set up your virtual presentations coming into 2021 so you can grow and scale your business. So, even before you listen to this podcast, I'll just go sign up right now so you don't miss out. And then you'll get sent all the details, all that sort of stuff. uh, So, you can make sure you can be on there live, uh, etc. So, Let's get into this recording today. I think you're going to love this journey from Emma. She's an amazing woman and has a really profound message to share and to help people. So, let's get into today's episode with Emma Luzzi. You are listening to the Expert Edge Podcast. This is the place where experts come to command the stage, position themselves as authorities and scale their business up. Get ready to access your next level of potential with your host, Colin Boy. So, Emma Luzzi, welcome to the Expert Edge. Hey, it's great to have you here. Hey, Colin. Thanks so much for having me. I'm super excited for our chat today. So, where are you calling in from today? I am joining you from, I'd say it's beautiful, but it's kind of chilly here in Toronto, Canada. (laughs) <laughs> well, we we have had a cold change. I, I was just saying before, I'm complaining that, you know, it's like 65 degrees or something in Southern California and that's cold for me. So it's tough as well. <laughs> <laughs> I said, no mercy. Don't tell a Canadian that you're cold if you live in California, my friend. But I know, I guess Australians have a whole different sort of temperature tolerance, right? 
<laughs> That's true as well. That is true. I mean, Australia, where I was originally from, Sydney, um, is very similar to Southern California weather. So yeah, I, I don't have much. I don't have much tolerance going on. <laughs> not very tough. We don't, we don't breed them tough here. <laughs> you can't see Colin, but he's well bundled up here in his hoodie and always got his hot tea. So <laughs> we're all set for our chat. Absolutely. Well, I'm excited to have you on the podcast because I, I really want to share with my audience your story and the growth journey that you've been on. And so I'd love for you to just kick off with sharing kind of your why you got into being a speaker and running an expert consulting business and how that journey's evolved over the last four or so years. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. So I'm the founder of boutique consultancy called Blue Sky Philanthropy. And I work with nonprofits and fundraising leaders to help them raise more five, six, and seven figure donations for their amazing missions. So I have an incredible client base and love, love, love my work. Um, so I have been running this business for about four years now. And uh, prior to that, I stopped counting at 20 years. I will say 20 plus years, but I've been fundraising for a variety of different causes. Um, for organizations of all sizes for 20 plus years now. So I took the big leap about four years ago to go out on my own and uh, yeah, work with organizations of all sizes, mostly focused on what I call like mid-sized charities. So organizations raising in between a million to $10 million is, is probably my sweet spot. But I work across sectors. I work with arts organizations and social services and healthcare. And uh, yeah, no, it's been an amazing journey. And part of that for anyone who's listening, I think, who has done any consulting work or any fundraising work for that matter, like speaking is a huge part of that speaking and training for sure. So I, you know, for a few years, have taken what I'd say is probably a pretty traditional approach to business building in that I do quite a bit of speaking at the conferences in my niche. So there's a lot of conferences internationally that really focus on um, fundraising and nonprofits. So yeah, I was really, in fact, met you, I think, through um, just looking to become more effective in those speaking experiences, those conference speaking experiences in terms of being able to both teach more effectively, but also attract more clients into my business. So I think that was the, the way we originally met, what will we call it in the before times, Colin, before <laughs> 2020 happened. Before so COVID, yeah. yeah, I, I, yeah, before COVID hit, because now, of course, you know, especially for those of us working in industries where we do a lot of speaking at conferences. Yeah, that's been turned upside down in good and bad though I think so yeah but yeah that was how uh, we came to that and it, it came even initially was just around wanting to become more effective in terms of speaking from the stage and selling from the stage as well yeah it's so good just for a minute I think your hair is knocking on your um, speaker it's like clicking oh, as it's coming through so yeah all good. I'm so sorry that's all right is that I'm not sure what that was yeah 
Love it. Love it. Okay. Beautiful. So, uh, okay. So I think, I think this is going to be really helpful for if you are, maybe you were a professional speaker or you were speaking or you're running live events or you were doing consulting, you were doing like more one-on-one or live experiences, which is what Emma was doing. And then kind of going through this experience, it's forced you to create a new business model. And that's what you were kind of starting mm-hmm. to, to get at. Um, before we get to this business model shift, I'm curious, before you started speaking at those events, and I love the initiative, by the way, of you like identifying where those events are and going after it. I know for me, when it was early on in my speaking career, I would you know just get on the good old Google and just search what mm-hmm. are the conferences coming up and I would apply for them. I remember I applied to speak for free at multiple events and you know ended up, just having my whole business just explode in a good way, just from free events. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, I know for me and I I can hear that you realize the power of speaking. And I'm curious, what was your experience as a speaker before you started speaking kind of on those conferences? Had you had much experience before or like, where did that come from? Gosh, I think I started speaking when I was sort of a frontline fundraiser. So I guess we'd call in our sector a practitioner. So going out and training on basically my area of expertise and what I knew. So I had done quite a few speaking gigs, but let me tell you, that doesn't mean that you're necessarily doing it effectively. <laughs> it's probably something I realized in working together with you or as effectively as you could, right? I'd say one thing I've yeah. really identified over the past year is this idea, and it's so you're so steeped in it, it's hard to say it. But this idea that happens in my sector is that really speaking, it being seen as downloading as many tactics as humanly possible in a short amount of time as possible. I sometimes feel like at conferences, I go and it's like, whoever can squeeze the most number of tactics on a PowerPoint slide wins. (laughs) It's like, everyone, open your mouth. Let's drink from the fire hose. Right. And so it's like we go out and see our, you know, see our colleagues possibly training in that. It makes sense from the outside. And sometimes we role model that. Right. So I have to say I was in that space of being like how, you know, my teaching was really about downloading my tactics and my experience. And I realize actually in working with you, it's not necessarily the, the most effective way to connect with folks and to help folks. So I would say for me, yeah, that's a really interesting pattern. I've noticed lately how much our training kind of skews in that direction or our our speaking in general even is so focused on on the tactical, right? And so focused on the how-to. So I'd say that's what I saw at a lot of conferences. And that's probably what I was doing myself as well after going to these conferences for 20 years, right? Yeah, so what I'm hearing is, you hadn't had like professional experience speaking. You'd just been speaking at different events or like in the work that you were doing. And then from there, you started your consulting and kind of, you know, jumped out ship on your own, which, you know, if anyone has done that, you know exactly what that feels like. I know what that's like. And then Mm -hmm. you started targeting some conferences, started speaking at those and then, because uh, I know that you were kind of mentioning that you were a self from Stage Academy student, that you started to see that these speaking opportunities could be a lot more, I guess, advantageous for your business and for the message and the help that you have to bring than what was actually happening in your current experience of that. Is that, is that kind of accurate? That's totally accurate. Yeah, I love how you, I love how you frame that. Yeah, and I, yeah, for sure. And I would say, 
it, it wasn't even as effective as possible in terms of the folks that I was teaching, you know, like drinking from the tactical fire hose is, is not necessarily the best way to teach in general. So I feel like in working with you, I've become a better teacher too, which has been great just in terms of some of the shifts I've been making and how I've been teaching. Now, obviously COVID has had a big impact on the live conference industry, mm-hmm. i.e. it's just taken it out. <laughs> doesn't exist right now so everything's gone online Mm -hmm. and uh you know i know for us in self from stage we've had a big shift as well like because there was you know a general balance between live and virtual and i was very like focused on helping people in live stages and when COVID hit virtual stages ended up being obviously the pretty much the main focus now and you've had to make this shift which I think a lot of people have Mm -hmm. and so talk to me about some of the strategies you've been trying and give me the give me the good the bad the ugly of the journey you've been on in in applying some of the strategies you've been learning with us and and how that's looked so that the audience can understand the journey yeah for sure well I'll say first um 2020 was shaping up to be my best year ever in terms of in-person speaking opportunities so I was so excited. I had landed a couple of big conferences that I had applied to speak at. And yeah, I mean, absolutely. I'm not alone in just seeing that evaporate. And of course, like that was a bit disappointing, right? Because it was early on, I think in the pandemic too. So none of those conferences actually like pivoted to online or digital. So uh, like there was a bit of an adjustment period for sure in terms of losing that and in terms of missing that, in-person experience right like it's so you know you as someone who speaks live know there's nothing like that experience of like being live with folks on a stage but when we were chatting before I was just talking a bit about how grateful I am because you think if this happened 10 years ago we actually wouldn't have even had the tools or technology to do a lot of what we're doing now but I've really found a big silver lining this year in just having that opportunity to create your own speaking opportunities, right? Like we have technology at our fingertips now where we can create our own webinars, we can create our own online conferences. Like I feel like it's leveled the playing field in so many ways, right? Like whereas before we spent a lot of the time applying to these big conferences, which I think are still going to be important over the long run. Yeah. But now, you know, it's like this technology is really accessible to most folks. So, you know, it actually puts you in control. It puts you in more control, actually, rather than waiting on the yes from the, you know, the big conference. It puts you more in control of, hey, how do I want my calendar to look? And, you know, Mm -hmm. as long as you've got a really great offer, you know, knowing how to speak effectively on your own stage, you know, it can actually create a more agile kind of, you know, more enjoyable profitable business longer term when you're doing that as well Mm -hmm. so so tell me about that journey uh because you've started to make that transition i'm sure there's a lot of listeners who are going i need to make that transition you know how'd that journey look for you Mm -hmm. so about a year before i actually took any action on it whatsoever i decided i was going to launch an online course and probably like most busy business owners i kept getting put on the back burner fortunately for me i um I finally got serious about it in January. So I actually did my first beta launch of my online program. It's called Major Gift Master Plan. So it teaches a step-by-step system of how organizations can raise more big gifts for their mission. And yeah, I just did a total beta 
test of it in January. So I did do a webinar um, just to introduce folks into it as a part of my sales process, but um, very new to the whole idea, very new and even building from scratch, right? So mm-hmm. I, I was literally online and I was creating this course basically week by week as I was implementing it. But all, I think all of my beta folks knew this. I was like, this is new and uh, we're going to be co-creating it and I'm going to feedback as we go. So that was just in January. So I'm really glad that I was actually, you know, able to do that a little bit. How many, I'm curious, can we have a look at that for a second? How many people signed up Mm. for the actual webinar itself? How many people joined? What sort of general revenue did you make? Like, I'm kind of curious how that first, you know, how it went. Yes, it was pretty modest. I'd have to go back because I'm a total metrics nerd too. I actually went back to my last launch and I remembered my metrics from that. But going back to that first launch, like it's pretty modest, right? I'd say I maybe had like, you know, 150 folks sign up every, uh, for the webinar. Yep. I've always got a pre, I've been pretty lucky in having a good show up rate for my webinars. I always hit between somewhere between like 40 or 50% for people who actually come to the webinar who have showed up. So about 60 um, people, I, 60, 70 yeah, people show up. Uh, 60, 70 people. And um, I think, I ended up having, gosh, I think I maybe ended up having eight or nine people in that beta. So it definitely wasn't, you know, it wasn't huge. Very much has been incremental yeah. growth in a lot of ways. And I love, right? but I love this story because, you know, it was a reality for me. I mean, I think I've shared my story of my first big kind of online promotion. I sold one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. So it's like, that's, that is where we start. And so this is like yeah. really encouraging, I think, for people. And you did a couple of thousand dollars, right, in the first beta. Yeah, I did a few thousand. I mean, and I had students coming not from my webinar, you know, folks I just knew from my business. So I yeah. can't credit it all to, you know, to my early webinars. But that was my first foray into, um, you know, into doing webinars and um, I've actually launched three times this year. So I really, you know, Kind of recommend Tell me that, about that like, journey. Tell me about the, the growth journey. <laughs> what have been the lessons? I'll tell you about that journey. I will describe it as what is it? One step forward, two steps back, <laughs> Colin, because I think um, you, in fact, oh my goodness, okay, I remember actually being on a hot seat call with you right in the middle of my second launch when I had discovered that after I did my webinar, none of my emails, my follow up emails had gone out. Mm, I don't know yeah, if you remember that. I do remember that. Yeah, yeah. So um, the second launch I did, which is, you know, sort of my my first, I'd say larger launch in that I did, I had a Facebook ad strategy, I was attracting like a larger cold audience. I, you know, I actually had to say that because we we're talking a bit before we came on about the importance of failures and learning in business that yes that launch actually ended up being a bit of a fail on a couple of fronts and one of those reasons was because none of my follow-up emails went out to the webinar attendees until almost two weeks after the webinar so two it was weeks. A, yeah it was a huge learning experience oh, that's incredible. It was a huge learning experience it ended up being it was a mix-up right so the emails yeah. were going out just not to the correct list they were going out to my main email list as right. opposed to the webinar attendees but I learned so much honestly like I would not change that launch for like a million if you said you could trade that for like a million dollar launch I'm like nope because I learned so many useful things in that launch 
um so many useful things right it was just like even yeah the whole launch was very bumpy I also had like some tech issues on my webinars which I also learned a lot about in terms of for example having a backup mic available so my mic went out in the middle of my webinar but it was such yeah it was such an interesting launch and I actually like to share that because I think oftentimes we see like these really smooth journeys or we hear about like these you know, six, six and seven figure launches. And for most folks, they're probably a little bit like me, right? You might do a beta launch. Oh, and I did a second launch and I had a few things go wrong with that. The things that I really learned a lot about. I'd say the most important learning from that launch was really that idea of taking 100% responsibility for what was happening in my business, right? Because it was very tempting when I found out that the emails weren't going out to the right list to start pointing fingers or, you know, blaming other people or blaming systems. But for me, I was like, okay, right. Like this launch has had some problems and mistakes in it, but I've learned so much from that in terms of just being like, okay, this is not going to happen again. So now I know um, what to look out for. And it actually led to something really positive in my business, which was hiring my first employee, so I now have a marketing and communication assistant who helps me with all my launches, including co-piloting my last um, webinar launch, my third launch, which has been great. So, yeah, it was huge. Like it has not been a straightforward journey, nor has it been a sort, nor has it been a continually successful journey. I think people often expect that that it's like. I'll have this launch and the next launch will be this much more successful. So and the next true. launch will be this much more successful. Well, what is it that, have you seen that? I think on Instagram, they always have that picture of what we think success will look like. And you've got the dot down the bottom, the dot at the top, and just the straight line, what yeah. it is. And it's just this like, you know, it's like spaghetti. Oh, it's like <laughs> it's spaghetti. All, all yeah. over the place. And then you went on to your third launch and how did that go? So my third launch was my first five-figure launch. So I'm super proud about that. <laughs> super proud about that. But yeah, I think, you know, I don't think I could have gotten to the five-figure launch without having that, you know, first beta launch when I was figuring things out. And the second launch where I had a lot of, you know, issues and problems and challenges um, was all a really important part of the journey. And I wouldn't trade that in, I don't think for, I wouldn't trade that in for anything. It's such an important and useful learning experience. But yeah, it's not a, it's definitely not a straightforward journey. And I feel like we maybe do a bit of a disservice to ourselves when we, um, you know, we expect to, have that six figure launch, like right out of the gate. Mm -hmm. I think that ends up, people end up, it's great to aspire to, but most people's journeys don't look exactly like that. Right. Lots uh, of, lots yeah, of learning absolutely. along the way, lots of falling down along the way um, mm -hmm. to get to, you know, to get to the the point they're at today. Yeah. So you, I'd love to see behind the scenes. Yeah. Which is what I love about this conversation. So I'd love to draw out some of the lessons that, because uh, I know you, you obviously you use self from stage Academy methodology. Mm -hmm. I'd love to know mm -hmm. and help listeners to understand some of the lessons that you've learned through the methodology and how they've applied and how you feel like they've impacted you. Oh, great. Yeah. The first one that comes to mind is really the idea of creating a perspective or a mindset shift in your students, right? Especially in your webinar, right? Because 
I think I was probably in my webinars using like the tactical fire hose <laughs> we were talking about earlier on. It's like, how, how much knowledge do I have? Can I download to you in the course of this webinar? Because I feel like that's the only way I can give you value. That was like before me, you know, that was how I was doing things before. Whereas now I just understand the immense value in helping people make a perspective shift and recognize, even recognizing like where they might be stuck in their journey, right? So that's been a huge piece for me is that idea of the value and the importance of teaching a mindset shift or perspective shift and not just, not just teaching how to, I'd say that'd be my number one. And do you feel like, do you feel like you like through the methodology and the worksheets and stuff you went through, was it practical enough for you to start to work that out? Oh, a hundred percent. In fact, I did my first, so I figured out my first webinar structure using the roadmaps you provide in the program. So I actually like sat down with that and mapped out, mapped out like the principles and the concepts that I wanted to teach. I actually apply these principles in my course now. So when I'm teaching my course, I, I, I follow a very similar structure in terms of how I teach so that it's been incredibly valuable in that way too. Um, because yeah, I feel like it's just made me a better teacher. Mm. I still struggle with over teaching. <laughs> that's a, that's a, that's like a lifelong struggle, but I feel like I've shifted the way in which I teach in a lot of ways, just based yeah. on what I've learned in the program and based on, um, yeah, based on the kind of models right, that we're using in the program, and yeah. the different techniques that you share for sure. What else has been, what else do you feel like? Or, and tell me if you feel like it's been fast-tracked as well in terms mm-hmm. of this journey. Because, I mean, for me, three launches to do a five-figure launch, like I'm happy with that. For, you know, mm-hmm. if, any, if any, any of my students does three launches and then they, they land their first five-figure launch, I'm really happy with that. Like, because for me, it's about working out that mechanism. And once you dial in that mechanism, I was writing an email just the other day. I was, I was calling it the Holy Grail Offer. And Mm -hmm. so once you work out the holy grail offer or that holy grail kind of mechanism and it starts working, then it just comes to scaling it up. And it's kind of like, how much do you want to risk? How much, how big do you want to go? Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, you're really starting to dial that in. So I'm curious as well along this journey, what are some other things that you feel like if you hadn't joined self from stage Academy, you wouldn't have fast tracked or implemented straight away. Mm Mm-hmm. I think the webinar structure is huge. Like I felt really stumped about that before I joined the program because, and I see other folks struggling with that too. Like they know they need a, they know they need a webinar to introduce folks to the offer, but then the webinar is not really like structured effectively. So it doesn't give, you know, I'm really proud in my webinars that I always know that my students are leaving with tremendous value, whether they decide to take me up on my offer or not. Right. So I think for me, just having that like really clear structure and understanding of like what a good webinar looks like, not only that brings value to all your students, but also is really effective at presenting your offer for people who want to dive a little deeper into your topic and Mm -hmm. get continued support and training from you. So for me, I feel like that was a big barrier. I was like, well, what, like, like, what does this mysterious webinar look like in which I would do this? How do I, how do I really effectively like make a transition? One thing I love about the program, which very much like aligns with, with, 
the way I like to fundraise is just like that idea of, of like getting your students permission to make the offer in a lot of ways, right? Like there's a lot of parallels between good selling and good fundraising. So it always feels good, right? Like it feels good. It doesn't, you know, I know for a lot of folks, they feel like, Ooh, sales feels icky. Like it feels icky to make my offer. Um, and I feel like, you know, the way in which um, I structure my webinars now, you know, there's no ickiness about it, right? When you're making a great offer to folks, um, it just feels good. It's exciting. It's an opportunity to, without like good sales, how are you actually going to be bringing people into, you articulate this way better than I do, but without good sales, like how are you bringing people in to the amazing work you do and giving them the opportunity for you to continue working together and to, to get like that transformation. Right. So mm -hmm. you always say to sell is to serve. And I, you know, have totally bought into that as well because yeah, students aren't going to get the full transformation unless they choose to continue working with you. And if you aren't even going to give them the option to do that, right. That's what's, uh, that's what's funny. Oftentimes is like, we won't even, we're too shy to even make the offer. Yeah, we don't even right? give them the option. No, yeah. we don't even give them <laughs> so an option true. to say like, okay, yes or no, right? Which is which is so funny. Oh my goodness. Like I have to say, I always am really interested in this whole, in like the shame that we have around selling. So I feel like folks can have a similar amount of shame around fundraising as well as that mm. like asking for money, right? But um, I think and can I we, can I ask about that as well because I think yeah. a lot of the audience who listen, you know, not everyone, but there's still a, a whole lot of them who feel uncomfortable mm -hmm. making an offer. Mm -hmm. uh, how has that shifted for you going through this process? Yeah, I think well, I was probably on. I was probably a little bit closer to the given being a lifelong career fundraiser yeah. maybe a little more comfortable than many yeah. um making that segue to the ask but i think just having real uh, you know i think just having real clarity on how to for me um like how to be really effective in making my offer was helpful and how to bring it to life for folks and help them help them even see um, the transformation that could happen when, when they became part of the program. I'm not really articulating this very well, but I feel like I um, have definitely like increased my comfort level for sure. Even though my comfort level is probably pretty high before. And part of that is definitely like understanding like a good structure in terms of making the offer mm -hmm. um, and how that fits in like to your overall webinar. Right. So yeah. just having that clear kind of roadmap and template around the webinar has been huge. And I've got to tell you, you know, definitely too, um, every time you do it, I think your comfort level increases. Right. Yes. And so I really want to encourage people to kind of dive in and, and give it a try because definitely you'll be more effective if you have, you know, if you have supportive, a pro like Colin and like the program, but, but 
you, you you actually have to apply what you learn, right? You have to mm-hmm. apply what you learn and actually get out there and give it a shot. And you improve every time. I'm sure my third webinar was a lot better than my first webinar as I was just getting used to the idea of making an offer and how to articulate that and how even to help folks identify whether it's right for them. I really like that about your program where it's like of people being able to say like, okay, I see myself in this, right? I see yeah. myself in this. I see what my, you know, I see what my future could look like if I actually continue working in this realm. I see what the future of my charity could look like if I continue this work. So I really like that too. It's like, yeah, it's just as like such a, um, you know, it's just is such a, I always hope that folks leave at the end of my webinar if they buy or not like feeling inspired about the possibilities, right? Whether they choose to work with me or not, I, I want to leave them with that sense of, of inspiration. I think what you teach really, really helps that, right? It really helps with that for sure. That's so good. Now, um, if someone is feeling afraid to mm-hmm. run their first webinar, mm-hmm. uh, what would be some encouragement or someone's, you know, they've done a lot of consulting or they've done a lot of speaking and they're considering doing their first webinar or online webinar. Like what would be some encouragement you would give to them? Oh gosh. I would say, don't expect to not be afraid. <laughs> I think sometimes people are like, I'm afraid, so I'm not going to do it. And I'm like, even for those of us who are more seasoned, right? Like, especially moving to this new platform, you know, it's a little nerve wracking, right? So I would say, don't let fear stop you from diving in and giving it a try. And, um, you know, because I feel like people are like, I'm scared, I can't do it. I'm like, well, probably we all are the first time that we get into doing something like this. And I would say, like, for me, just being able to reach, um, you know, whatever you're teaching or whatever your niche is, like you're probably in the transformation business, right? Whether you're helping great causes raise more money to change the world or whether you're, you know, working with folks to help them eat more healthy, like we're all in business to achieve some sort of transformation. So for me, I'm also like, I get to, I had 600 people sign up for my last webinar and I'm like I get to help and support 600 people right and while they may not all be signing up for for my program I got a ton of feedback on on the fact that they just felt so much better and so much more positive about the future of their fundraising when they left that webinar and like that it to me is just it unto itself feels really incredible to think like oh I was able to shift someone's perspective about what the possibilities were for them in terms of fundraising for their great cause during a pandemic, right? That feels amazing. So think about that, like think about your core purpose, like why are you running this business in the first place? And like that I felt helped me get over the fear a little bit and don't expect not to feel afraid because you probably will. Um, It goes away in time, but I think you said on a recent podcast, Colin, I thought was very insightful is like, your, you know, your comfort zone grows, but there's always still stuff inside of it, right? So you might be comfortable with doing a webinar for a thousand people, but then like 10,000 people is a bit scary, right? So it's like just every time you do it, your comfort level grows. And so I'd say like jump in and think about the purpose of your business and why you're doing it in the first place and the people you're going to be able to like reach an impact in some way. Um, that's a huge motivator for me for sure. I love that. Um, something I always 
kind of, I think at the virtual event, I was talking about this for self from stage recently, which, which was really like speaking and selling through a sense of purpose. And Mm -hmm. when you tap into that purpose, the purpose needs to be bigger than the fear. And Mm -hmm. so, cause, and and I love what you said about how it's normal to feel fear. And Mm -hmm. if you're feeling fear, that's just a indicator that you're going beyond what's normal and what's comfortable. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so, and Mm -hmm. that's the only space. I mean, that's the place where the magic happens. Yeah. 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 So I, I, I really love that. If someone's considering joining style from stage Academy, what would you say to them? And and who do you think that this would really help? Well, I can say for me as someone who's worked in a, you know, I have a very traditional business from a consult, you know, one-to-one consulting perspective. So speaking from that perspective, I think if you do want to, you know, grow an online arm of your business, it's great. I'd say it's great, you know, even if you do want to stay in the one-to-one consulting space, because I've gotten actually through my webinars, one-to-one consulting clients as well, right? So it's not just folks signing up for my courses. It's also, um, you know, landing consulting clients as well. So, um, and I would say, you know, because I've been, touch- I've been talking about all the touchy-feely things like purpose, I would say, you know, as business owners, we think about return on investment a lot, right? So, when I started the program, I think I ended up making back twice what I spent for it in my first webinar. So like the return on investment was really quick, right? The return on investment was really quick for me. So, you know, I really encourage folks. I'm just, I'm always like, oh, invest in yourself, right? Invest in yourself. It's something, even when I started out, I got a, you know, I got a great coach. Actually, I think, you know, Leanne Kim here in Toronto. I worked with Leanne Kim when I first started out is she was my very first coach and I've never looked back from that. She helped me tremendously. And in fact, probably set me on the path to having the idea of um, doing an online program as well. Right. So since I started my business before I was making a lot of money in my business, I've definitely been investing back into myself Mm -hmm. and investing in training and coaching like this. So I would say, you know, if you are a business owner, to take really take that leap in investing in yourself because um, yeah, the, the, the payback is tremendous. And in the case of your program, um, you know, one webinar, I basically made back twice my, what I invested in the program. So, you know, think about it from that perspective as well, but you do have to implement what you learn. That's the catch, right? Yeah, yeah, (laughs) you you definitely do. (laughs) Now, one thing that comes up is, and you know, I don't even know the answer to this question, but uh, there's a few things. Well, I know I get feedback sometimes uh, from people who do, you know, lots of types of courses and they're like, first of all, they never finish a course. They never do the course. Mm-hmm. And it's just another mm-hmm. course that's sitting on the, on the shelf or in the digital wardrobe. Mm-hmm. Have you found the course like user friendly? Have you actually done, you know, a good majority of the course and, and implemented it? Like what's that been your experience of it? Yeah, I've done the majority of the course and definitely implemented it for sure. Yeah, I think so. I still have areas I feel like has a bit of a work in progress for me, but yeah, it's super user-friendly. And in fact, one of the things I really liked about it is you, and I haven't seen this in any other program, is that you actually help us figure out where to dive in based on what we want to achieve right now, right? Mm -hmm. So like you've got this great kind of index at the beginning where it's like, 
if you're here, start here, right? If you're this kind of business, or if you want to dive into starting a webinar, start here in the program. So it's super, it's set up really well set up for, uh, I felt like it was set up really well for busy business owners, yes. right? Because Yeah, that's my index page. Ways, like, I've never had someone say that to me. That's really cool feedback. Uh, but I thought about is that, that a nerdy thing to have noticed? Is that no, a nerdy I love thing that. to have noticed? But I, I love it that. helps so much for me, right? It helps yeah. so much for sure. No, so then I know exactly where to start. No, I love that because I mean, when I built it, I was like, I mean, these people who are doing this, they're going to be serious and they don't want to waste their time. So I'm like, some people yeah. who just want to really learn specific strategies. So that was my intention for that. Oh, that's so good feedback. Love that. Love that. Well, <laughs> Emma, it it is such a privilege uh, sharing you with uh, my community and, and your growth story. And it's just so cool unpacking the realness of it and the authenticity of mm. it. Uh, you're a great, you know, member and participant in the community. And, uh, you know, I'm, I feel honored to be a small part of your journey as you've been growing your business. Um, so is there any other final parting encouraging words that you would love to share with anyone um, as they grow and develop their their business and move online? Oh my God. It's a, you know what? It's amazing. Like whether you're starting your business from scratch and starting directly online, or if you're an established business owner, a seasoned consultant. Yeah, I really recommend both that you think about your online offerings because, right, this is this is going to be the future. So think about your online offerings no matter where you are and get the support and training you need. It's made all the difference for me. Just like having the supportive community even that you provide, Colin, and getting to get on like those those hot seat calls with you and getting to get on a hot seat call with you when I was in the middle of a flailing launch has been an amazing support and actually like really helped me keep going. Right. It's not easy to be in the middle of a launch. That's not going well. So I appreciate your support back. And just also like knowing that you're not alone (laughs) when you have a launch, that's kind of going south. It's It's kind of helpful for me, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's a little bit helpful. It's a little bit helpful. But yeah, like get over your fear, folks. Get over your fear and and um, and just do it. Yeah, it's totally normal to feel fear. But honestly, the the rewards are so tremendous. The rewards are so tremendous. So yeah, Very so good. thanks, Colin. I appreciate well, I, all your help. You've been awesome to work with. Well, I appreciate you sharing your story, Emma. I know it's going to encourage a lot of people. And for those of you who are curious or interested in Self From Stage Academy, Uh, you can head over to sellfromstageacademy.com and uh, the link is in the show notes as well. Uh, There should be a VIP waitlist there or if the program's open, you might be able to uh, check it out and join and hopefully we can help you grow your business, take your message to the world and make the difference that's in your heart. So thanks guys. Thanks for listening and we'll talk soon. See you next week. Bye everybody. Hey, I hope you enjoyed that episode of The Expert Edge. And if you're really serious about mastering the ability to speak and sell on a webinar or any type of virtual stage, make sure you've come and signed up or registered for my next live class. We've got a live class coming up and it's called The Five Secrets to Selling from Webinar. And I'm going to share with you the very reasons why some of the biggest names in the world in our industry come to me for coaching support strategy and methodology for creating their content that sells from any virtual or even a live stage. But this one is all focused on selling from webinar. And I think 2021 is going to be very much a year 
to be selling from webinar and growing your audience. Now, in this class, if you want to sign up, you can go to the link in my show notes or just go to colinboyd.co forward slash class. So C-O-L-I-N-B-O-Y-D.co forward slash class. Maybe even just type it into your URL right now and uh, you can go and register there. In this training, I'm going to be going through how you can share your signature story in a way that connects with your audience and sells your program without even feeling like you're selling. This is going to rock your world. The second thing is we're going to be going through what I believe to be the number one mistake that people are making at the start of their webinars that are really costing them big times in terms of sales and in terms of engagement and really getting clients. I'm going to take you through why selling at the end of your presentation is one of the worst things that you can do and what to do instead. It's quite surprising. And you're going to leave just feeling confident, clearer and ready to deliver a webinar or any sort of virtual presentation in 2021 to get your message out there and to make a difference. So make sure to go and register. This is a live class. I'm going to be rocking the stage with you guys over the virtual platform. So head over to colinboyco forward slash class and I'll see you there. Bye for now.